coming up on Simple Truths. Pastor Xavier Reese on the alert for the coming destroyer. Paul says this regarding the man of sin, the Antichrist. And so Israel will make a covenant with him. He will help them build a temple. He will declare himself to be God. Everybody will have to worship him. They have to have a mark on the right hand or forehead. 666. It could be a chip under your skin. I don't know. But all I know is they tell you that you can't buy or sell without it and you're still around. I wouldn't take it if I was Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. God's love for the chosen people, the Jews, is clearly all through Scripture. But unfortunately, so is His disappointment for the nation of Israel. And nowhere is as vivid as in chapter 13 of the Gospel of Mark. And coming up, Pastor Xavier illustrates some revealing prophecies of Jesus that just so happen to confirm many Old Testament prophetic events for the Holy Land as well. We'll be looking at God's divine plans for Israel that continue to unfold before our eyes on today's Simple Truths. Mark chapter 13. I've entitled the message, Jesus and Israel. It is in chapter 13 that he predicts many things about the future regarding Israel, please make sure that you understand that. Whenever you read Mark 13, Matthew 24, Luke 21, which is known as the Olivet Discourse, know that you are on Jewish ground. You can never put the church there, as I will show you. First is the coming destruction that we find in verses 1 and 2. He says, then as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus here predicted the destruction of the temple. In Luke's account at verse 24, he gives us a more specific passage of that. Let me read that for you. Luke 21, 21. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of it depart. And let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. It was time for God's vengeance over Israel. She had rejected her Messiah. Now she was going to judge her. Just as he did for Babylon, he was going to do it all over again. He says, those who are in Judea flee. Now, the historian Asubius tells us that those who remembered this, when Titus surrounded the city, they fled to the city of Pella over on Jordan. But those who did not, were destroyed. Josephus tells us that a million, a hundred thousand were killed with the sword. His account declares of, of bodies just piled up in heaps. He speaks about the famine that entered in during this time that even women ate their own children. Ninety-seven thousand were captives and sold as, as such. And so Jesus predicts very accurate. Now, in that same passage in Luke 21, in verse 24, notice that at the end says that Jerusalem would be trampled till the time of the Gentiles. 
This is very important. Jesus is speaking about the destruction of Jerusalem by Titus. And he says that Jerusalem will be trampled till the time of the Gentiles. What is the time of the Gentiles? The time of the Gentiles is that time when Jerusalem would no longer be under the control of Gentiles. When did the time of the Gentiles begin? The time of the Gentiles began with Babylon around 586. That was the third siege of Jerusalem. But it's interesting that when Israel, in June 7th of 1967, when they went to war, they recovered control of Jerusalem for the very first time since then. So some believe that the time of the Gentiles was fulfilled in 67 of the 7th of June. If this is true, then that is fulfilled. It would seem to be that it could be applicable because Jerusalem now is under Jewish control. They share certain parts with the Arabs, but they are in control now. So Jesus here, in the first two verses, predicts the coming destruction. But next I want to call your attention to verse 14 of chapter 13 of Mark. The coming of the destroyer. He says, but when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the wilderness. Once again, notice the context. Judea. He is not talking to the church. The church is not limited to Judea. The kingdom of God is regarding Israel. The temple is Israel. It's always limited there. And Jesus here predicts the desolation of the temple spoken by Daniel. Revelation chapter 6 says, The first man to arrive on the scene after the church is removed is a man on a white horse, and he's got a bow, but he's got no arrows. That's the Antichrist. He enters in, and he conquers with diplomacy, and everybody will hail him. Israel will make that covenant with him. Jesus says, I came in my own name, you did not receive me. There will come one in his own name, him you will receive. Interesting. And for the first three and a half years, everything's going to be great. Solutions, everything else. Revelations chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 tells us that he will help them build their temple. And then he will declare himself God. Listen to what Paul tells the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul says this regarding the man of sin. The Antichrist. Verse 3 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship. So that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you I told you these things? And so Israel will make a covenant with him. He will help them build a temple. But in the middle of those seven years, he will declare himself to be God. Everybody will have to worship him. They have to have a mark on their right hand or forehead. The Bible tells us 666. Whether it's literal, whether it's an equivalence, whatever it is, I don't know. It could be a chip under your skin. I don't know. But all I know is they tell you that you can't buy or sell without it and you're still around. I wouldn't take it if I was you. By the way, I won't be around. But if you are, you can count down 1,290 days and look up to these and I'll be coming back on horseback with Jesus. 
Read Revelation 19. Jesus predicted the desolation of the temple. A future event. The first three and a half years seeming peace. When they say peace, peace, sudden destruction shall come upon them. Thessalonians says. Verse 14 to 23 here of Mark. He's dealing with great tribulation. The last three and a half years. Jesus predicted the deliverance also of Israel. Not only the desolation of the temple, but the deliverance of Israel. Notice again, those who are in Judea flee to where? The mountains. Revelations 12, 6 and 14 says, and, a, and, and the woman fled to the wilderness, a place prepared for her. And wings were given to her to flee. The Antichrist is going to put full force persecution against Israel. And God says that he's going to take care of her for a time, a times, and half a time. There in Revelations 12, 6 and 14. And he also give it, gives it to us in months and in days. Now what's amazing to me about that prophecy is that the, the philosophy of Israel today, every, every graduating class in the military goes up to Masada, overlooking the Dead Sea, beautiful up there. And this is their philosophy as they graduate. Never another Masada. You know Masada, they all committed suicide. They said our philosophy now is a Samson complex. And you know what Samson did? He took everybody with him. He says here that they were to flee to the mountains. Isaiah tells us that it will be the city of Sila or Petra. I've been over to Petra. It's on the Jordan side. You can only go in by horseback. Sometimes only room enough for a horse and a man to go through. The whole city is carved into the mountain. We believe that that's where God will protect and provide for Israel for three and a half years. Whether it's there or Disneyland or Magic Mountain, it makes no difference. <laughs> God is going to do it. Okay? But we believe that in the scripture there's strong evidence that it could be Petra. Even as those who remembered the coming destruction and fled to Pella and were saved. So the Israelites who remember and flee to Petra will be delivered. Now, Zechariah says that two of three Jews will be killed. Now, the Jews said we will never leave our land. Why? Because they have experienced persecution as no other people ever have. And they know that if they don't have a country, they don't have a breath. And in spite of their strong inclinations and, and determination, the Bible says that Israel is going to flee for her life one more time and two of three Jews will be killed by the Antichrist, Zechariah says. That's amazing. And people here say, oh, how can that be? Same thing as the stones. It all, how can you believe that? It all depends who's saying it. Who's saying it? Jesus. Now Jesus says to you, all your sins are forgiven. You say, oh, that's impossible. Well, who's saying it, Xavier or Jesus? On what do you base the promises on? On the promises of man or the promises of God? It all depends what your source is. As Titus came in and destroyed the temple, so the Antichrist will come in and he will destroy Israel. But again, Judea flee to the mountains. He's not talking about the church. 
from verse 15 on down to 20 of Mark there, he says, those who are on the housetop don't come down to grab anything. Those who are in the field don't come back. Woe to those who are pregnant or the winner. Those are all Jewish grounds. How many of you spend the evenings in your housetop? The Jews do. How many of you work the field? The Jews do. Not as much as in that day, but they still do. And so we need to realize that he's speaking to the Jews. And notice also that in verse 19 and 20, it's a severe time. As never before. Now there is one more thing, and that is the coming of the Deliverer. God is going to use the tribulation and great tribulation to prepare Israel once again for her Messiah. <laughs> you talk about the patience of God. You know what I mean? I mean, they've rejected him over and over again. He sent them into captivity time after time. He's, he's, he's dispersed them throughout the world. I mean, if, if someone doesn't believe in God, I would just like them to explain to me a logical reason for the existence of Israel today. Or just one Jew. After you have studied all the persecution of the Jews throughout history. The mass killings. Germany. You tell me how it's possible that there's even a Jew alive. Or that they can even be a nation. And yet in May of 48 they declared their independence for the third time. There's only one answer to the birth of Israel. And that's God. He said he would do it. But yet God says, you know, people are going to persecute you. I'm going to spread you throughout the whole earth. But in the last days, I'm going to bring you back. And you have Ezekiel 38 coming to pass. 37, the value of dry bones, dead bones. Son of man, can these bones live again? Oh, Lord, you know. I mean, it's up to you. If you want them to, they can. The prophet had a good perspective. He knew nothing was impossible with God. And he began to show him how those dry bones would stand up and sinew and blood and flesh and, and, and everything became together and the nation of Israel has come to be. There is no other explanation for Israel apart from God. And yet the coming deliverer in verse 24 through 27. He says, but in those days after the, that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will be, not give its light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds. From the farthest part of the earth to the farthest part of heaven. The coming of the deliverer. See, God is not through with Israel. Remember the context is Jewish ground. Jesus will return after the great tribulation marked by supernatural events, verse 24 and 25. The context limits it to the last three and a half years. You cannot put this anywhere else. It limits it to the great tribulation. The time is unique and uncomparable, as we said in verses 19 and 20. For in those days there will be tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of creation, which God created until the time, nor even shall be. And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. And you stop and think of the atrocities Israel has gone through and the things that we have experienced in terms of wars. And yet, Jesus says that what's going to happen to them has never happened to them. Uncomparable. And yet, 
it's directly through the hand of God. Make no mistake, the tribulation and great tribulation is God's wrath directly from the throne of God. Mark it well in Joel and Hosea and Amos and the book of Revelation. God's wrath from, from the throne of God. The men in the book of Revelation says, oh, they call the mountains to fall upon them and hide them from the Lamb and His wrath. They know exactly what's happening. You think they would repent. No, they won't repent. You know, we look at somebody who say, man, if, if this could only happen, they would repent. I just did a funeral yesterday. 18-year-old boy, young man, coming down Kellogg Hill with another guy. The guy fell asleep. They're in a jeep. They turned over, went down the embankment. They're both killed. The funeral was just filled with people weeping. And I spoke about those who have hope and those who don't have hope, as Paul speaks in Thessalonians. And I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. And many of them said the prayer of salvation. Was it because of their emotions? I don't know. Some people say, well, you know, God had to do this to get them there. You know, if your heart is hard, I don't care what God does, you'll reject Him. God may use those things in some way to move us towards faith, but we come by faith because we hear the Word of God. And the Spirit of God convicts our hearts and we see ourselves separated from God and in rebellion towards God and we cry out for repentance that God would save us. That's repentance. That's salvation. And I told those people there at the graveside, I said, you know, if you mean it from the bottom of your heart, you will walk off this mountain and you will never be the same. But if you're playing games and you're emotional and it's just something you're doing, you will continue with your life the way you are. And you have the choice to choose. But you have no choice to escape the consequence of your choice. And so time will tell who really was saved. That's God's department. Our department is to share the truth in love. And not to back out. And to give people a flowery message that gives no hope. It's hard to preach in front of people when they don't know, they don't know about the Lord. And someone's dead there and you're telling them that they're going to go to hell if they don't come to Christ. It's heavy. I mean, I don't know if you ever attended a funeral where people aren't Christians. It is ugly. No hope. God doesn't say anything against tears or emotions or anything. We're people. We're going to miss them. But why are you crying? Because you don't know what's happened? The mourning is legitimate for a time, but, but make sure that it's according to knowledge. Jesus will return after the tribulation, and they're going to have to come to him by faith. Revelation 7 says the 144,000 are going to preach. Tremendous revival. The two witnesses are going to preach and show signs and wonders, and many are going to come, and God is going to deal with Israel once again. Mark that well. Jesus will return for Israel, verse 26 and 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send his angels and gather together the elect from the four winds, from the farthest part of the earth and the farthest part of heaven. He will come back with great power and glory, the parousia, the presence of Christ. Daniel 2, 44, 7, 13, and 14 speaks of the glorious coming of the Son of Man in power and great glory. To do what? To set up the kingdom. The disciples right now think he's going to set the kingdom up. They didn't see the interval time. They were expecting a conquering Messiah. He came as a suffering Messiah. Some of you are looking for a conquering Messiah. And you think he's going to solve all your problems. 
And somebody promises you that. But the truth of the matter is he only promises that he will save you and that he will always be with you and work through those problems. But we're looking for a conquering Messiah that kind of just snaps his finger and boom. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. And that's why some of you reject Jesus Christ because you want an instant fix. Before the kingdom is going to be established here to perfection, we all have to experience a suffering Messiah. You need to understand that. And there are things that you and I are going to go through we don't understand. There are things that if we don't have Christ, we will go insane and go crazy. Because we're men and women of flesh like the people in the world. But we have Him, the God of all comfort, to cast our cares upon Him who cares for us. And though I don't understand, I understand He loves me and He's in control of my life. Though I don't know how he's going to work, I know that he will work. And I need to believe his word. The angels told the disciples as they walked Jesus to the Mount of Olives, as he ascended up on high in a cloud, he said, why do you guys stand here looking at the clouds? Don't you know the very same way that Jesus left, he's going to come back? He's going to come back in power and great glory in the clouds. Revelation 19. All of us are going to come back with him. If you're born again, the Lord's going to come back with you. To do what? To set up the kingdom. He says, to gather the elect, verse 27. Who are the elect that we read before in verses uh, 19 and 20 and here? What's the context? Israel. Jews. Don't automatically conclude when you read the word elect that it's speaking about the church or the saints or the believers. The context will always determine who the elect is. In this context, it is Jews. It is Israel, not the church. The church will be removed and will return with Jesus Christ. And so the context is so important. He will gather all from the four corners of the earth. God is not through with Israel. God will deal with Israel once again. God will save Israel, those who turn to him. And then Jesus will return and establish that kingdom and we with him. And we will rule with him for a thousand years. And after that, a new heaven, a new earth, and all eternity. What's going to be there? I don't know, but it's going to be a lot better than here. All eternity with Him. And so we see the relationship between Jesus and Israel, the coming destruction, the temple, the coming destroyer, the Antichrist, still future, and the coming deliverer, the Son of Man. Now, I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe you keep coming and you hear the word of God, but you've never responded in faith. And you're waiting for God to do something for you. You're trying to bargain with him. God, he doesn't bargain with you. He sets the rules. He sets all the demands. And you must agree with him. And he says you're a sinner. I don't care whether you're a Catholic, a Presbyterian. I don't care whether you're a moral, upright person. That you've never committed any great sin. The Bible says that sin separates you from God because you were born by sin and into sin. And unless you see your need of Christ, the Bible says you will perish. And so we offer to you the greatest hope of Jesus Christ. First of all, salvation in His name. Second of all, the promise that He's given you the privilege to escape the time that's going to come upon this whole world on those who are earth dwellers and those who have rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you open your heart to Him and to Him alone. He is coming, by the way. I'm surprised He hasn't come before I finished. Such a time as you think not. 
the Son of Man comes. The imminent return of Jesus Christ means He can come back at any time. Nothing is yet to be fulfilled. He can come back any time. Nobody knows. So you got to pray, watch, and be ready. Pastor Xavier Reese, providing hope for the coming destruction by way of the coming Deliverer, Jesus Christ, the Savior. Now, just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truths message titled Jesus and Israel are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Now, once again, the title to ask for is simply Jesus and Israel, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 